please join me as we, as we pray, and then we'll think together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for giving us your word. We pray, that, as we've just prayed in our song, that you would speak to us, that you'd please help us to understand what your word says. Give us uh, hearts also willing to, to, to obey what you say. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, some people seem to think that it is okay to withhold bad news. In fact, in some circumstances, many people would say it's the best thing to do. A while ago, I was talking to a bloke. The doctor had just told him that his mum has cancer. But his mum was quite mentally frail. And so he didn't tell her. He, he withheld the bad news. He said, doctor says you're fine, mum. I also knew a person. She herself was dying. A very young uh, woman, only 34 years of age. She, uh, she thought everyone would be way too sad if she told them that she was dying. So she withheld the bad news. Didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell her partner or her... Her, her son or her, her parents, um, she just said, I've not been feeling well, and then she died. And her, her family had no idea that it was coming. Apparently some men do this when they lose their jobs. They can't bring themselves to tell their families, and so they, again, withhold the bad news. Of course, it happened with Mr Incredible in The Incredibles, one of the movies that I've seen, but apparently it happens in, in lots of movies, but also in real life as well. Let me li listen to this quote. What do you do when you are married to the job and the job dumps you? Many breadwinners, almost always male, derive most of their sense of self-worth and achievement from their ability, ability to bring home the bacon. The flip side is that getting laid off can deal a devastating blow to their self-esteem and they may conceal the fact from their wives and kids sometimes for months. They still get up early, put on their business suits and leave for work. Sometimes they'll even complain how exhausting office life is when they come home at the end of the day. But in the meantime, they just drift about, desperately pretending to be one of the gainfully employed until their lies come crashing down with ugly consequences. Some people think it's the best option to withhold bad news. But I tell you what, if it's me, I want to know. I want to know, if I'm sick and you're a doctor or something, tell me, tell me exactly what, if I'm dying, don't hold it back. Tell me exactly what the problem is. Um, if, if, if you lost your job, tell me. If, if you broke it, I say to my children, tell me about it. Don't cover it up. Don't try to stick it back together with sticky tape or something like that. If I've messed it up, tell me. I want to know the facts. I want to know how it really is. Don't beat around the bush. Don't tone it down. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't withhold it. I'd rather just know the truth, even if it is bad news. Well, in our church at the moment, as I say, we're looking at this book in the Bible called Jeremiah. Jeremiah, as we saw in the kids' talk, he lived around about 600 BC. And God gave Jeremiah a message for the Jewish people of his day. Unfortunately, it was bad news. Terrible news. The people of Judah had rejected God and God's message was that he'd had enough and he had decided to send the Babylonian nation to destroy Judah. You can see Jeremiah's bad news right from the beginning of our passage today. Jeremiah says, an enemy is coming from the north, that's the Babylonians, and he says they're bringing destruction. Look with me, chapter 4 of Jeremiah and verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 5. So God speaking to Jeremiah. Announce in Judah, 
and proclaim in Jerusalem and say, sound the trumpet throughout the land, cry aloud and say, gather together, let us flee to the fortified cities, raise the signal to go to Zion, to the fortress, flee for safety without delay, for I'm bringing disaster from the north, even terrible destruction. A lion has come out of his lair, a destroyer of nations has set out, he's left his place to lay waste your land. Your towns will lie in ruins without inhabitant. So put on sackcloth, lament and wail for the fierce anger of the Lord has not turned away from us. It's, it's seriously bad news. And Jeremiah says, he says I, I don't have any pleasure in telling you this news. He says, I grieve for you. And of course, they don't have any pleasure in hearing the bad news. In fact, they hate him for telling this bad news. As far as Jeremiah is concerned, really, he'd rather just keep it to himself, keep silent but he feels he has no choice. He, he, he can't keep silent. It's like he's bursting forth because, because he knows the truth. Verse 18, chapter 4 and verse 18. Jeremiah says to the Jews, he says, your own conduct and actions have brought this upon you. This is your punishment. How bitter it is. How, how it pierces to the heart. Oh, my, my anguish, my anguish. I writhe in pain. Oh, the agony of my heart. My heart pounds within me. But I cannot keep Silent, for I've heard the sound of the trumpet. I've heard the battle cry. He has to tell. Uh, chapter 5. Chapter 5, God gives a whole heap of the reasons why he's going to destroy Jerusalem. It's because of all the, all the wrong things that they're doing. Uh, firstly, he talks about how they're dishonest. They tell lies. They, they follow shady business practices. Chapter 5 and verse 1. Chapter 5, verse 1. God says to Jeremiah, go up and down the streets of Jerusalem, look around, consider, search through her squares. If you can find but one person who deals honestly and seeks the truth, I'll forgive this city. But there's no one. God also says the people are, are worshipping idols instead of him, the true God. Verse 7, verse 7. Why should I forgive you? Your children have forsaken me and sworn by gods that are not gods. Also the people are being sexually immoral. Continuing in verse 7, God says, I supplied all their needs, yet they committed adultery and thronged to the houses of prostitutes. They are well-fed, lusty stallions, each neighing for another man's wife. Should I not punishment, punish them for this, declares the Lord? Should I not avenge myself on a nation as this? Jeremiah says terrible things are going to happen. God's judgment is coming. But the thing is, he's pretty much alone in saying this. Nobody agrees with him. None of the people, none of the rulers agree with him. They, they say, no, no, no. God's not going to do anything. No harm will come. You're just, you're just spouting wind. Look, uh, verse 12, chapter 5, verse 12. Jeremiah says, they've lied about the Lord. They said, this is what the people are saying, he'll do nothing. No harm will come to us. We'll never see the sword or the famine. And speaking about Jeremiah and the other couple of prophets who are saying this bad news, he says, the, pro the, the people and the leaders are saying, the prophets are but wind. And the word is not in them. So let what they say be done to them. Jeremiah tells more about the things that the people are doing wrong. He says they're ignoring God. God has given them everything, but they don't even say thanks. Verse 23, 523. These people have stubborn and rebellious hearts. They've turned aside and gone away. They don't say to themselves, let us fear the Lord our God, who gives autumn and spring rains in season, who assures us of the regular weeks of harvest. 
And he also says people are exploiting the weak and vulnerable. They're so busy just making their own lives comfortable that they don't care about those who are in need. Verse 26. 26. Among my people are wicked men who lie in wait like men who snare birds and like those who set traps to catch men. Like cages full of birds, their houses are full of deceit. They've become rich and powerful and have grown fat and sleek. Their evil deeds have no limit. They do not plead the case of the fatherless to win it. They do not defend the rights of the poor. All these sins. And so the bad news is destruction is coming. Chapter 6 and verse 1. Chapter 6 verse 1. Flee for safety, people of Benjamin. Flee from Jerusalem. Sound the trumpet in Tekoa. Raise the signal over Beth Hakarem. For disaster looms out of the north. Even terrible destruction. I will destroy the daughter of Zion. So beautiful and delicate. That's the message. Bad news. And sadly, the Jews don't want to hear it. They don't want to know about such bad news. They'd rather put their heads in the sand. They'd rather Jeremiah would just go away and and leave them alone. They don't want to know. Verse 10, 6.10. Jeremiah says, To whom can I speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed, so they cannot hear. The word of the Lord is offensive to them. They find no pleasure in it. The people don't want to know about it. And so again, the religious leaders don't tell them. So the thing about religious leaders is they have to make a buck. They need to live. Uh, And so if if people don't want to hear bad news, what the religious leaders of the day were doing was saying, okay, well, we'll withhold the bad news. We'll tell them good news instead. We'll tell them everything's fine. It's not true, but at least it's going to put food on the table for us. Verse 13. From the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. The prophets tell the people what they want to hear. But Jeremiah knows better. And so once again, he tells them the truth. And this is how our passage finishes for today. They're in deep trouble. Verse 22. Chapter 6, verse 22. This is what the Lord says. Look, an army is coming from the land of the north. A great nation is being stirred up from the ends of the earth. They are armed with bow and spear. They are cruel and show no mercy. They sound like the roaring sea as they ride on their horses. They come like men in battle formation to attack you, O daughter of Zion, We've heard reports about them and our hands hang limp. Anguish has gripped us, pain like that of a woman in labour. Don't go out to the fields or walk on the roads, for the enemy has a sword and there's terror on every side of my people. Put on sackcloth, roll in ashes, mourn with bitter wailing as for an only son, for suddenly the destroyer will come upon us. Okay, can you see what's here in this passage in, uh, in Jeremiah? It's bad news for the Jewish people, isn't it? They've sinned against God. They don't worship God or thank him. They're following idols. They're immoral and dishonest. They don't help the poor. They're just busy making their own lives comfortable. And so God is sending the Babylonians to destroy them. They've abandoned him and judgment is coming. People don't want to hear this bad news. And so what all the other religious leaders are doing is withholding the bad news, saying God won't judge. There'll be peace. Jeremiah alone is the one who will bear the bad news. But friends, the thing is this. Here's here's the historical reality. 
History proved all those religious leaders to be wrong. God did what Jeremiah said. That's why Jeremiah is in the Bible and that's why all the other prophets of the day are not in the Bible because it was Jeremiah's predictions that came true in history. It happened in 587 BC. 587 BC. 40 years after Jeremiah started telling people about it, the Babylonians did come, contrary to everybody's belief and expectation. They did defeat and destroy Judah and Jerusalem. They killed the vast majority of the Jewish people and they took the survivors into exile. It was the biggest catastrophe in the history of God's people and Jeremiah had been telling them for 40 years, but alone. All right. Uh, Seems like a bit of a strange passage to look at on Sunday fun day. Hooray! Not too much fun here, is there? Um, but, but friends, this passage is actually very relevant because, you know what, this, this explains the whole reason for Sunday Fun Day. This explains the reason why we have invited you here today. Uh, we often have days like today, times where we try to invite our friends and family to church or, or we put on events and, and we invite friends and family to come. Uh, maybe you've been invited lots of times to our church. Um, when I invited my brother, who sadly didn't come today, he said, oh, again, how many times have you invited me to come to your church now? Uh, perhaps it's become quite uncomfortable with this person from church who, who invited you today. Like, they just keep asking and asking and asking, and you, finally, you're, you know, it got so awkward that you, you, you came along. Oh, what's going on there? I mean, are they so socially unaware that they don't recognise that you don't want to be here? <laughs> I mean, what, what, what is it that, that makes them push past the point of embarrassment to keep on asking you to come to church? Why are they so persistent? You see, the thing is this. We Christians, we find ourselves in a position a bit like Jeremiah. We've heard some bad news, bad news that involves not just us, but also you. And we feel like we can't withhold it from you. Let me show you from from the New Testament, from the Bible verses that are there on your outline, the news that we have heard and we believe to be true. First bit of bad news is this. People haven't changed since Jeremiah's day. Like the Jewish people of Jeremiah's day, people today are sinful. People still ignore God and don't give him thanks. People still refuse to fear him or worship him. People still tell lies and are sexually immoral and do what they can to make, to make life comfortable, not caring about the poor. People today are just like in Jeremiah's day, and it includes all of us. There on your outline, you can see what Jesus himself said. You can see on the right-hand side near the top, this is Jesus' own words. He said, from Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus said, no one is good except God alone. Or, or do you see the next verses there from the New Testament? There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They've together become unworthy. There is no one who does good, not even one. So we're not here trying to tell you that we're better than you because that's, that's all of us, isn't it? That's us and you. But it's us and you. Do you get it? People today are still sinful, including me and including you. But, but that's not all the bad news because God is going to judge this world. He's not going to leave it like this forever. God is going to judge every person. The Bible says that God raised Jesus from the dead in history declared him to be the king and the judge of this world and God set a day when he will judge you and me. There on your outline, the next verse is from the book of Acts. Uh, We shouldn't think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by man's design and skill. God isn't an idol. 
in the past God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to, to repent, to change their minds. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He's given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. The historical resurrection of Jesus from the dead means that judgment day has been set. You see, it's actually very much like Jeremiah's message. People are sinful. God's judgment is coming. Judgment day is set. But I should say, unlike Jeremiah, we Christians have also heard good news. We've also heard good news because Jesus is not just the king and judge of this world. He's also a saviour, a rescuer, and that's why he came 2,000 years ago. He didn't come 2,000 years ago to bring the world to judgment. He came 2,000 years ago to bear God's judgment on the cross in our place so we can be forgiven, so we can not be condemned, so we can have a place in God's kingdom. And that's what those last verses there say, isn't it? We saw them in the kids' talk as well. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world the first time but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Friends, that's the message we've heard. We don't think it's a fairy tale. We're convinced it's true. Judgment is actually coming and Jesus is the only way to escape so why do we keep inviting you to church? Why did we invite you here today? Why, did we, why do we keep hassling you to come to Sunday Fun Day and stuff like that? Here's the reason. Here's the reason. Because if our situation was reversed, like if you were the Christian and we were the non-Christian, we wouldn't want you to withhold the bad news. Do, do you see what I'm saying? If you were the Christian and we were the non-Christian, we wouldn't want you to sugarcoat it or, or tone it down or beat around the bush. We just want you to tell us how it is or how you perceive it to be. If we were you, we'd want to know the truth. If we were you, we'd want to know the facts, even if it is bad news. We don't want to be like those, um, those false prophets in Jeremiah's day. Who, who just because it might be uncomfortable don't want to say anything, are, are going to keep silent or say that everything's fine. We don't want to tell you things are okay when they're not okay. We don't want to withhold the bad news or the good news from you. We want you to know how things really are. That's why we invited you. Now, friends, it is Sunday fun day. It's meant to be a fun day. We hope you have a nice time. Sorry if I've put a real downer on it now. Um, but we hope you enjoy fairy floss and jumping castles. But, but can, you, can you see behind it all, there's something deadly serious. And we don't want to mess with you. We don't, we don't want to play games with you. Behind all of this is something deadly, deadly serious. God has set a day when he is going to judge you and me. Only hope we have on that day is to rely on Jesus. Only he can forgive us. Only he can rescue us. I know it's not a fun Sunday, fun day message, but if we were you, we'd, we'd want to know the truth. And so here we are telling you. Friend, can, can I finish by saying this? Please, please, don't be like the Jews were with Jeremiah's message. Don't be like the Jews were with... Please, please don't, uh, don't close your ears... Don't harden your heart. Don't stick your head in the sand and wish that, that we and the whole message and everything would go away. It's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. And we're not going to go away. We'll keep hassling you. A friend, instead, please, please join with us. Please join with us in relying on Jesus, our only hope. Let's pray. 
Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you that though you are a righteous judge and you will not tolerate the sin of people, yet you have come in the person of Jesus to bear your own judgment in yourself on the cross. We thank you that through Jesus you can now justly justify those who trust in him. Thank you that you can express your love and your justice in him. Thank you that through him we can be forgiven and rescued and made your people. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would please help each one of us to put our trust in Jesus, our only Saviour. We ask you this in his name. Amen.